0: Okay, no need to uh, beat around the bush. Uh, This was just handed to us just a few minutes ago. We have the whistleblower complaint that was written August 12th. It has just been declassified. We haven't even finished reading all the way through it, Uh, but we're going to take it piece by piece, line by line, and you will hear the entire report, and we'll begin that in one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: All right. To the Honorable Richard Burr, Chairman, Select Committee on Intelligence, United States Senate, and the Honorable Adam Adam Schiff, Chairman, Permanent Select uh, Committee on Intelligence, House of Representatives. Dear Chairman Burr and Chairman Schiff, I am reporting this is the whistleblower now. This is August 12th, 2019. I am reporting an urgent concern in accordance with the procedures outlined in 50 USC, blah, 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 blah. This letter is unclassified when separated from the attachment. In the course of my official duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the president of the United States is using his power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. elections. Wow, that's quite a charge. The interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the president's main domestic po- uh, political rivals. The president's personal lawyer, Rudolf Giuliani, is central figure in this effort. Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. Okay, so I want to set this out from the outset. In the course of my official duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials. So in other words, what he's about to present, he has no firsthand knowledge of. But even if he did, what he's saying, I don't know if there's a problem. He said, over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts related to this effort. The information provided herein uh, was relayed to me in the course of official interagency business. It is routine for U.S. officials with responsibility for a particular regional or functional portfolio to share such information with one another in order to inform policymaking and analysis. So, in other words, I want you to know we're not doing anything weird here. I was not a direct witness to most of the events described. Let me read that again. I was not a direct witness to most of the events described. However, I found my colleagues' accounts of these events to be credible because in almost all cases, multiple officials recounted a a fact pattern that was consistent with one another. In addition, a variety of information consistent with these private accounts has been reported publicly. Now, let me tell you something. First of all, we'll let you decide whether there's anything in this. But I just, I want you to know, I really, truly believe we would have read this document differently had the press and the intelligence community not spent the last three and a half to four years trying to take this president down on everything. This used to mean something when you'd have a so-called whistleblower. But does anybody trust the press, the intelligence community, the DOJ, any of it? They have so discredited themselves that you don't know what's real and what's not. He says, I am deeply concerned that the actions described below constitute a serious or flagrant problem, abuse, or violation of law or executive order that does not include differences of opinions concerning public policy matters. It is consistent with the definition of an urgent concern in U.S. uh, C-50, blah, blah, blah. I am therefore fulfilling my duty to report this information through proper legal channels to the relevant authorities. I am also concerned that these actions pose risk to the U.S. national security and undermine the U.S. government's efforts to deter and counter foreign interference in U.S. elections. To the best of my knowledge, my knowledge, the entirety of this statement is unclassified when separated from the classified enclosure. Stu, do we have the classified enclosure? Was that been... There is a
2: classified appendix, which is attached to it. Yeah. Okay, it's um, so
0: only a little bit of black boxes, right?
2: Yeah, there's, yes, I would yeah.
0: I have endeav- endeavored to apply the classification standards outlined in Executive Order 13526 and to separate out information that I know or have reason to believe is classified for national security purposes. If a classification mar- uh, marking is applied retroactively, I believe it is incumbent upon the classifying authority to explain why such a marking was applied and to which specific information it pertains. So here's his case. One, the twenty fifth July presidential phone call. Now, remember, we went over this yesterday, and because you may have missed yesterday's show, and maybe really only heard uh, the reporting with ellipses, the media in newspaper, online, on television, on all fronts, used an ellipse three. You know, dot dot dot. Use the ellipse to to skip over 5 about 540 words now i've never seen that done before but they removed almost an entire page between i have a favor to ask and could you look into joe biden what what those ellipses uh, took out was the president looking to say to the the uh, president of the Ukraine, I, I, I need you to understand, we think you're surrounded by some of the bad guys that hacked into the DNC servers. That server is still lost. We need to know where that server is. We think one of the oligarchs, maybe in your circle, has it or knows where it is. We need to know that because we've been doing this investigation with uh, uh, Robert Mueller and He's got nothing. He's been looking into me. He should be looking into Russia and that those Russian oligarchs have infiltrated your oligarchs and we think they're working together. Now, that is national security. That's doing what the Congress and everybody else should have been doing. But they didn't. So here's how they describe the phone call in this whistleblowers report. Early in the morning of July 25, the president spoke by telephone with the Ukrainian president uh, Zelensky. I do not know which side initiated the call, but this was the first publicly acknowledged call between the two leaders since a brief congratulatory call after Mr. Zelensky won the presidency on April 21st. Multiple White House officials with direct knowledge of the call informed me that after the initial exchange of pleasantries, the president used the remainder of the call to advance his personal interests. Stu, fact check.
2: Uh, that's that the, the personal interest that i mean after
0: than, they had uh yeah. exchange of pleasantries the
2: president used the remainder of the call to advance his personal interests i mean it certainly wasn't the remainder of the call there was other things discussed as well um and you could certainly if you want to take the worst reading of trump's words that they were only about his own personal interest then you could say that to some degree. However, his personal interests seemingly align with a national interest in that if we had a vice president of the United States uh, participating in corruption related to favoring his child uh, and also a bunch of money over a billion dollars disappearing— That would be of the national interest of the United States. Sure would be. But beyond that, you know
0: it wasn't in his personal interest because he said, I need you to look into, apparently they call it crowd strike. He didn't even understand what he was talking about. It did seem like he was reading notes about what he was
2: supposed
0: to say. He was briefed on, here's what you need to tell them to further the Russian investigation. That's a pretty big thing
2: just to overlook because that was the main thrust of the call. And if you watched, again, uh, mainstream news last night, the way you understood everything we're talking about right now is dot, dot, dot. Yes.
0: They didn't cover this. They just said... I want you to do me a favor. Can you look into Joe Biden and his right. son? Incredible. That's we have not some what happened.
2: Of doing this, so we should play at some point today. Yeah.
0: Okay. Multiple White House officials with direct knowledge informed me, namely, he sought to pressure Ukrainian leader to take actions to help the president 2020 reelection bid. That is untrue. He mainly—listen to this—he mainly sought to pressure the Ukrainian leader to take actions— to help the president's 2020 re-election bid he did not pressure him first of all he no. he did not ask him to take uh, steps to help him in his re-election bid right i mean
2: obviously again the worst reading of it you could say that right you could yes, say you he could. did use the word reciprocal he uh he did ask for things and you could say if you're the president of ukraine the president of the United States is mentioning stuff. It goes to the top of your heap of of, of things to do. Of course it right? does. So you could you can but argue that, these things, but again, a lot of assumption here.
0: But that was not a legal not, case. Yeah, and that was not the first thing on the list. Right. The first thing on the list was help us investigate and stop Russia from taking your military apart and interfering in our elections. Mm-hmm. We need this information. Can you find this? Totally legitimate. Totally legitimate. All right, back in just a second with more. Let me just take a quick break. One minute, and we're right back into this. All right. Stu, have you seen anything
2: big that we have, we have already read that we need? Or Yes, there's one very big thing in here mm-hmm. as part of the accusation that directly relates to this program. and and specifically today's radio program because when they're talking about the circumstances leading up to the 25th of July presidential phone call this is section 4 they discuss uh, a series of articles which they find suspicious appearing in an online publication called The Hill the author of those stories is our guest in the third hour of the program John Solomon. John Solomon is a
0: is not a conspiracy theorist. John Solomon is a well-known award-winning investigative journalist. He worked for The Times. He worked for The Washington Post. He now runs Associated Press. Associated Press. Mm -hmm. He now runs the um, uh, editorial section for The Hill. But he's done the investigative reporting on this, and he has been on this for years. Years. This is
2: not a Trump thing. Now, what they're accusing, what they're basically saying in this uh, complaint is to say, Trump asks for this favor. Hey, look into Biden. Um, There's a bunch of backroom dealings between them. The threat of withholding funds may or may not have occurred, blah, blah, blah. And one of the ways Ukraine is um, helping uh, Donald Trump and trying to win his favor is by people in the Ukrainian government leaking information to essentially John Solomon at the Hill. This is ridiculous. This is
0: a ridiculous, ridiculous charge. John Solomon has been working on this story literally for years he has. We have worked with him on this story. We, we know him. We know how it works. We know who is also helping him with it. We don't know all of his sources, but we also know how hard it has been to get anybody in Ukraine to actually help him and speak. Especially when uh, when Obama was in office. Okay, so let's go through. Um, the president asked, pressured Mr. Zelensky to initiate or continue an investigation into the activities of the former vice president, Joseph Biden, and his son, Hunter Biden. Now, you'll notice that these are flipped because that's not the first thing he did in the phone call. He did what is bullet point number two, asked them to assist purportedly uncovering the allegations of Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election that originated in Ukraine with specific requests that the Ukrainian leader locate and turn over servers used by the Democratic National Committee and examined by U.S. cybersecurity from CrowdStrike, which initially reported that Russian hackers had penetrated the DNC's network in 2016. So let me ask, we have our, we have our foreign affairs and, and military expert here uh, for military intelligence, Jason Batrill. And Jason, let me see if I have this right. Is he asking to find out, uh, uh, find where these things are and who is involved in helping Russia hack uh, the DNC servers? Or is he saying here, hey, uh, I want those DNC servers. I want to
1: see what's on those DNC servers. Can you help me find those? Uh, it, it sounds like, so I think it, it. this ties directly into what Stu was just talking about with that. That's the section actually I'm like scrutinizing the most right now in this report is where he's referencing that Solomon article in The Hill. All of these like cases, all of these instances that, that are bulleted out, uh, they're all kind of connected. So they're all kind of uh, centering around corruption, but they're all they they they, they involve multiple different officials, not just uh, Joe Biden his son. So the CrowdStrike stuff it, it is involved, and I think he was just looking. I, it sounded what to is me, CrowdStrike?
0: So so if anybody doesn't know, this is a U.S. firm um, called CrowdStrike. Explain what they did.
1: They assisted in identifying who was involved with hacking the DNC. So before they even knew you know, how the heck this stuff got put on, you know, dcleaks.com or whatever, they went in to look and actually do the forensics, uh, the computer forensics, to find out who was involved, and they were the ones that were re- very pivotal in, in helping to identify that it was Russian intelligence. So CrowdStrike looked into that. They were like, okay, the Russians are involved. We, uh, uh, U- U.S. intelligence officials, came to the same conclusion. Um, and then they also continued their work, and CrowdStrike found out, and this was not in, the, in his report, But they also found out that the Russians were involved in hacking uh, the actual Ukrainian military. Correct. So there was a a lot involved. So, Stu,
0: would you go back and find in yesterday's actual transcript what the president was asking for? Because I think this is different than what he's saying here in this memo. And let's start with the transcript from yesterday where he talks about CrowdStrike and what he was asking for. And then we'll continue in this memo. So far, nothing jumps out of the page. We're a lot farther in this than we've gotten on the air. Nothing jumps out at me, but let's take it a line at a time.
1: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: All right. Uh, all right. We're in this unclassified document now. This is new, just released about 35 minutes ago. Uh, we're on page two. This is the whistleblower report that Chuck Schumer said was devastating, was just horrifying. Uh, I have a theory on this because I just stumbled across this. Now, in the report describing the president's call that we heard yesterday, um, this whistleblower says they uh, Trump wanted to initiate or continue an investigation in the activities of former Vice President Joe Biden and his son, assist in purportedly uncovering the allegations of Russian interference in 2016 U.S. presidential election that originated in Ukraine, with a specific request that the Ukrainian leader locate and turn over servers used by the Democratic National Committee and examined by U.S. cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike, which initially reported Russian hackers had penetrated the DNC's networks in 2016. I'm telling you this is what it is. Jason, pay attention to this for a second. See if you can track this down. See, find where I'm, I'm, my thinking is flawed. They want to find the servers used by the Democratic National Committee. Why would you want those servers now? You want those servers because you want to see what's on them because your theory is that the Democratic National Committee was using foreign countries to find dirt on Donald Trump. They did it through... uh, What was the name of that organization uh, that did the dossier? Uh, Uh, Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS. They did it through Fusion GPS. So they were one removed. But if you want to find out what really happened, is anything on those servers, those servers that the DNC used are were um were lost taken used now by an oligarch uh, apparently in the ukraine who has those servers now listen he wants the servers he also said the president wanted to meet or speak with two, um, uh, two people the president names explicitly his personal envoys on these matters, Giuliani and Attorney General Barr, with whom the president referred multiple times in tandem. Now, isn't it interesting? Why would you use the Attorney General? You want to do dirty business. You don't, intern, you don't get the Attorney General in unless Barr himself is dirty, which
2: I don't believe There's no indication that Barr is a dirty guy. Now, to the media, of course, there is. I mean, they they would say that, and that is an interesting point, though. They're trying to use that as evidence that Trump is utilizing government resources for his own personal benefit. I'm saying that he's
0: including Attorney General Barr, so he's got a credible witness on what he's doing, and he's talking to him, saying, "Look." I think the Democrats went after me and they were the ones with Fusion GPS and I think they used uh, the Ukrainians and they went through the Ukrainians to Russia to discredit me. Now listen to this. They possessed evidence that Ukrainian officials, namely head of National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine and a parliament member, Lushenko, had interfered in the 2016 U.S. presidential election allegedly in collaboration with the DNC and the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv. Now, so far, this doesn't tie together in my head until I read this. The U.S. Embassy in Kyiv, specifically the U.S. Ambassador Marie Yayanovich, who had criticized Mr. Lusenko's organization for its poor record on fighting corruption— had allegedly obstructed Ukrainian law enforcement agencies' pursuit of corruption cases, including by providing a do-not-prosecute list, and had blocked Ukrainian prosecutors from traveling to the United States expressly to prevent them from delivering their evidence about a 2016 U.S. election. Now, isn't that interesting? We know that this... Uh, This ambassador has been relieved at the U.S. uh, embassy. And we know that the two presidents spent a great deal of time talking about her and how bad she really was. Now she's gone. But if she was obstructing people from coming to testify and to give evidence on the Russian uh, hacking or the, the Russian interference... Forget about the DNC hack. Think about the fact that the DNC could have—I'm not going to do to them what what uh, they do to Donald Trump. They could have. We know they did it through Fusion GPS, gone through Ukraine to say, "Can you dig up any dirt on Donald Trump?" That's on their servers. Those servers are being held by oligarchs that are not friendly to us. And the reason why Nancy Pelosi flipped that fast, she's been against this the whole time. The whole time. There's no smoking gun here. There might be some things that you need to look into, but there's no smoking gun. And why they went in two days... From, no, we're not going to impeach. We're in the middle of a... To impeach. I think they are kicking dirt over their own tracks. They're saying, look, this president was trying to find dirt on Joe Biden. When indeed, what he's trying to find out is, did the DNC try to find dirt on me through Ukraine and Russia in the 2016 election? Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all of them would know... If that came out and that was proven, they're done. They're done. Everything they've accused this guy of doing, they did. I think that's in the national
1: interest to find out. Jason, what do you think? What's a, I, I completely agree with you. I, I'm very—it makes total sense now why the White House released this, because if you're looking at this critically— you don't see the Biden portion of what—that's what everyone's making this story out to be. It's, it's all not. about Biden. It's not. It's a very minor bullet on this. Uh-huh. This is not about Biden. Uh, uh-huh. This is not the, the favor that they were asking about. You know how mm-hmm. the media was reporting that yesterday had nothing to do with Biden. But you see how they're trying to center everything on Biden. This is all about Attorney General Barr's uh, investigation into the origins of the of the uh, of the Russia investigation. That's what this entire story is about. That's th- This whistleblower complaint, everything in here, that's what this is detailing.
0: Let me tell you something. Heads are
1: going to roll if this, some of these things are true. If trusting. some of
0: these things are true, heads are going to roll, and they're going to roll in the opposite direction. Right. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the reason why the the DNC, just reading just a page five on this, my gut is telling me the reason why the DNC is doing this is because they know this is a fight to the death. Whichever one wins this fight, he either has to be impeached or we're exposed and we're doomed. It's just which side do you believe? Do you believe the DNC could have gone to Ukraine and said, hey, can you maybe talk to some sources in Russia? Is there any dirt there on, on uh, Donald Trump? If you think they could have done that and there might be something on their servers... What the president and attorney general, that's the weird thing. If this is so corrupt, you have to then say attorney general Barr is also nothing but a political hack. And who knows? Maybe he is. I don't get that impression. I've never heard that said by by people, you know, until we get into politics. But he has been respected uh, he seems to be doing the right things. They keep trying to
1: run him through the mud, and it proves that nope, that's not what I did. Well, it sounds like Attorney General Barr is just, is literally just doing his job. From what yep. I'm reading on here, if if this uh, if uh, Solomon's report is accurate, that's that's and that's bulleted in this uh, in this complaint, is that the uh, basically their uh, version of the Attorney General in Ukraine, their Prosecutor General, he came to us. With this, uh huh, he's. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't Barr snooping around and saying, "Hey, did you have anything?" No, it says that he tried. To, he found this evidence. Of all, all of these, all these, these cases of corruption within their own uh, country that uh, Ukrainians were involved with the, with the, uh, with the DNC. And that this U.S. ambassador was helping them block certain people from being prosecuted because they were basically playing on their side. Right, and I think that... The the way I think
2: it's being presented by the whistleblower is that all this of is that all... was a result of this call and pressure, right? Like, these pressures that came from not only uh, from the call itself, but also Giuliani beforehand, saying, hey, you should go look at these things, that they now have come back and this is the result the fruit of that labor right they're saying that well now they're going to you're going to get big public officials from ukraine leaking this information and trying to move public opinion in this manner
1: well so because it says that that th- these things happened in march mm-hmm. the call yeah. wouldn't would hadn't even happened yet. No, no the April call had 29th, happened. Here. no this is this, this is, is old stuff they're going to try is, to make it seem like it mm-hmm.
0: is a r- result of the phone call but it's not. All of this stuff, the ambassador stuff, that all happened before the phone call. Right. So what were they hiding? Why, why was this ambassador? We need to find out about the ambassador and find out about that. I'm, boy, do we have the right guy on today. Because the guy who is is said in this cl- uh, classified, formerly classified document, mm-hmm. the guy who's in this, the reporter that is the one that they're now saying is just, oh, he's, he's crazy, he's dangerous— He's going to be on with us in about uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. You don't want to miss that.
2: <laughs> yeah, wow, it's a, it's a good day for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems. I mean, at least the way I'm reading this, it seems like they are saying it's not just the call, right? Like that's the evidence is not just the call. The call, the call is the thing that we know about first, but is not necessarily the first, the first thing that's happened. Um. Yeah, but do you are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you're, you Yeah, you're saying the call happened after this. They, no, they... no, no, I know
0: that, but are you following what I'm saying about what Trump and Barr are actually looking for, oh, which yeah. would be a knockout punch for him in 2020, but it would be a knockout yeah. punch for the for the DNC. It would destroy the mm-hmm. DNC because it would expose them of doing everything that they just said Donald
2: Trump has been doing yeah no i mean clearly i, I think that's uh, definitely a, a a possibility right i mean we're the I, I think like it's it's interesting to hear the media talk about this because mm-hmm. the way they cover it and think about it if you're looking at it from their perspective for a second because it seems like they're just oh so so crazy on this and they are and the reason why they are though is important that they are completely eliminating any possibility of good intentions Mm-hmm. Right? So if you take out any possibility that Donald Trump actually cared about whether the election was was manipulated, well, for good reasons, not just how it affected him, but just like maybe he cares about the United States of America as president. If you remove all of the possibilities of good intentions, this all looks bad. Right?
0: You would also if, have to... But re- that,
2: you have to do that, and that yeah. is a gigantic assumption.
0: Yeah. And you can... Look... I'm not going to assume I am going to assume the president is innocent until proven guilty. So far, (laughs) nothing shows that he was guilty. There's no smoking gun here. But there is some uh, there are some disturbing things in this, but it works the other way. Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that, yes, he is a self-serving guy and he wants to win the election. But he also is driven by what really happened. Where'd that dossier come from? And that is in the national interest, even though it is in his interest as well. That's what I think this really is all about. How did this Russian investigation start? Did the DNC go and use Ukraine? This ambassador was blocking things. You guys are rumored to have the servers... We know that Russia was interfering with you guys. We know now that this, uh, this ambassador was blocking all of this investigation and blocking any testimony and prosecutions. What's really going on here? I, I think, uh, I think this is going to be the fight to the death and it has nothing to do with what you are seeing in the media. I will give the DNC the benefit of the doubt. I will give, the, I've already said, what Joe Biden did is grotesque, but it's not criminal. But it is grotesque, and you should know about it. But again, not criminal. Uh, this is criminal. One of these guys is right. Um, uh, Will the left and the media give the benefit of the doubt to Donald Trump as we look into this because this is not a one-sided game it takes two to tango and I think we are seeing the battle of the deep state and the battle of a guy who people think may be out of control but these two titans are coming and it will not go away if I'm right one of these, only one of these is left standing. And this has nothing to do really with the election for the Democrats. Which explains Pelosi and Schumer and all of the flip floppers. John Solomon, who really knows this story inside out, coming up in uh, just a little while. Holy...